Hey guys, it's RJ. And Angie. And this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guests today are husband and wife duo, Tony and Brittany Ingram, the founders of Ingram Muscle. Tony and Brittany co-authored the book, Equally Yoked, which highlights how health and fitness has enriched their marriage. In today's episode, we discuss how Tony and Brittany paid off $235,000 of debt in 19 months. We discuss how they initially paid off six figures of debt, but got themselves back into debt shortly after. Later, we discuss how they eventually got aligned to eliminate their debt for good. We hope you get a lot of encouragement from their story. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to leave a review. Get our free cheat sheet to get on the same page about money with your partner. Link is in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have Tony and Brittany Ingram on the podcast. We are so excited to have you guys, an amazing couple, join us on the Rich by Intention podcast to share your story. For those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Absolutely. First of all, thank y'all for having us. My name is Tony, my beautiful wife here, Brittany. Tony Ingram from Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, went to school in Iowa, graduated with a business degree from Graceland University, and then uh, worked for a few years, ended up joining the military, joined the Navy and moved to California. And then I met Brittany my first year out there. And uh, we've been married for eight years. I'm an officer in the Navy. I've been in the Navy for 11 years. And uh, yeah, we've been married for eight, going on nine years, have two beautiful daughters. And yeah, that's That's a little bit about myself, Brittany. You want to go? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So I'm Brittany. I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina. I graduated from Winston-Salem State University and I moved to L.A. where Tony met me. I moved to L.A. right after graduation to pursue my dreams of becoming a celebrity makeup artist. And so that's what I did in L.A. I worked in TV for about almost 10 years in L.A. So then I met Tony and became his wife and had his babies. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's me. That's what I mean. Love it. Love it, guys. So, so we want to dig into that a little bit. Like, how did you guys meet? Like, you know, so y'all were both in California at this point. Who came up to who? Like, who hollered? Like, what? <laughs> give us, give us the details. Give us the, the scoop. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let Tony take this one. I love telling this story. yeah so i was stationed in san diego and it was one it was thanksgiving weekend and uh it was actually black friday actually it was saturday whatever you call that it was saturday right after thanksgiving and it was my very first time going to los angeles and i wanted to just go and hang out i didn't know where i was going and i had a friend with and we went up there and we just kind of walked around sunset it got late, went to a restaurant called Kitchen 24. And it was a 24-hour spot, kind of like Roscoe's. The line was long. Just a cool little spot, right? I went in. I sat down. And I see this beautiful woman sitting across the table from me. She had this blonde swoop, right? I like short hair. She had this blonde swoop that was covering her eye. And I was like, oh, man, I got to say something to her. You know, she might turn me down. I shot my shot. I walked up to the table, caught in the sin. She was with her girlfriend, and I knew better. I knew better. You don't go up to a table with one with her girlfriends, right? Anyway, I shot my shot anyway, and I was able to sit down with them, and uh, we had dinner that night. 
And then after that, we exchanged numbers and I left for deployment two weeks after that. And I was gone for seven months. Oh, wow. And we, we actually stayed in contact. We stayed in contact my whole deployment. And then when I got back, we, you know, we just maintained friends. And um, 2013 is when I proposed to her. And she wasn't even my girlfriend. <laughs> just... Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Oh, we yeah. Yes. So, Brittany, Tony comes up to you. What's the real story? (laughs) Tony comes (laughs) up to you at Kitchen 24. You're with your homegirl. And, you know, you let him sit at the table. So what was it about Tony that was like, hey, let me, uh, let me. (laughs) Oddly enough, I went out with my girlfriend that night just to kind of get out of the house. Because, you know, I just wasn't in the mood to, like, meet anyone or anything. And she was just like, okay, you don't have to meet any guys. You don't have to talk to any guys. I'm like, I don't want to talk to a guy, period. So she's like, don't worry. You don't have to, like, you know, just come out with me. And so I'm like, all right, cool. But if any guys come up to me, I'm going to be real mean and rude. So she's like, all right, whatever. So here comes Tony, right? And I look at her and I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at her like, you see, this is what I'm talking about. Guys coming up to the table, talk about, can I sit with you? <laughs> and But, you know, I'm a very nice person. And Tony has such a huge, beautiful smile. He has a great personality and it really just like shined through. So originally when he asked to sit down, we were like, no, you know, seat's taken. And then, so he's like, all right, all right, fair. Then that's when my wit came in. I was like, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. You can sit down. And so once he sat down, he was a total gentleman. I ordered his breakfast that morning and he paid for everybody's breakfast at the table, included my friends and his friends. So my friend and his friend. So that really was like, I am a sucker for shivery. So I just kind of thought that that was like, wait, who does that in Los Angeles? Like no guy does that. So when we ended up leaving the restaurant, he was like, you know, can we keep in touch? And I'm like, sure. And he told me he was in the Navy and stuff like that. And I just thought to myself, like, well, OK, well, whatever. My girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah, give him your number, give me your number. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, I'll, he's in the Navy. I'll never see him again. What, what? I mean, what the heck? Come on. So I gave him my number and we stayed in touch, like he said. And fast forward, you know, from 2011 to 2013, I was in a, I just got out of a relationship and I just really wasn't in a place to like date. And so Tony and I, we were just friends, you know, we would just talk on the phone a lot and I would go and see him in San Diego. Very like sporadic. Yeah. Like a few times, like maybe two or three times Mm -hmm. at that point. Right. But we would talk on the phone whenever we could. And um, I would say like March of 2013, we started to see a little bit more of each other. Mm -hmm. And then once we started to see a little bit more of each other, I knew that there was something about Tony that I just loved. I was like, this man is an amazing man, but I just wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And neither was he. That's what he told me. Yeah. He told me, he was like, I'm not ready to be in a relationship. I'm like, cool, me either. This is great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just enjoying each other. And then he proposed to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, wait, wait. So I was like, you we're not even girlfriend and boyfriend. Did you ask me to be your wife? And he was like, yeah, I don't want you to be my girlfriend. I want you to be my wife. Oh, I mean, that was smooth. Okay. How can I say, 
How could I say no? How could I Dang. say no? I was like, a yes. <laughs> but I knew. Right? I knew. Yes. I knew in my heart. Tony was the one. I knew. Oh, I love that is such an amazing story. I love that. I love that, is a, that is like the top of top of top Wait, of no, we gotta talk to, we gotta talk, we gotta talk to Tony for a second right now. Cause like you have the conversation. Hey, I don't want a relationship. She says, yeah. I don't want a relationship. Yeah. Take us through your mind at that time. Like, did yeah. you already have the ring? Like, how, what made you decide to propose? Yeah. Okay, here it is, RJ. My family came down. I flew my, my parents and my grandmother to San Diego. It's their very first time coming out there. I asked Brittany to come meet them as friends, right? She drove down. It was my dad's birthday. And uh, we took them to Benihana's, right? Oh, man, they fell in love with Brittany. And my dad was like, that's my daughter-in-law. And so, and so Brittany went, she, she went home uh, right after dinner. She left to go home. And then the next morning, I, my dad was, they were staying at a hotel. And I asked my dad, I said, hey, how do you know when you're ready? And he was like, I can't answer that for you, son. You just know when you know the infamous, you know, when you know story. Right. And he's like, why are you asking me that? I was like, oh, nothing. I'm just wondering you know i see you and mama been together for a little bit i was just just a question and my wheels are turning at this point and just to be transparent i was still dating other women at this time i was still dating right Brittany was like my friend i could call and get some dating advice from she would keep it real with me it was like you know it was it was all love and i felt comfortable talking to her about other women and she she created that space for me. And so, yeah. And then at that point, I started looking for rings. I've never felt this way before. I'm still dating other women. I'm just like, okay, I started doing research. I didn't tell anybody about it. And then uh, as Brittany and I got a little bit closer, I started reaching out to her girlfriends behind her back. <laughs> and yeah, they kind of helped me with the ring. I went to like four different shops. Uh, I was FaceTiming with her girlfriends at the time. Well, I don't even know if it was FaceTime at the time, but I didn't have an Apple phone. I had a drawer. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sending video uh, pictures of the ring to her girlfriends, and they was giving me thumbs up, thumbs down, the whole nine yards. But anyway, I bought the ring. I said, I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to stop me. And uh, the night I proposed to her, it wasn't the night that I was going to propose to her. I was trying to set up this lavish, like, Los Angeles, the best of the best. That's what I was trying to do, right? She came down. We had a picnic one Sunday. And we just was having a good time, right? We had a picnic, came back to my place. And then I was, you know, we was talking about our future and what it could look like. Knowing we're not in, we're not in a relationship. And uh, I was getting ready to go to Japan the first time. I already had orders and everything. I had these orders before I even thought about marrying Brittany. And um, yeah, so I'm sitting in the room and you know, we're having this conversation about me going to Japan. And it started to get a little emotional at that point. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I'll be there for two years. So was, you know, if we were going to press play and be boyfriend and girlfriend, then it'd be a long distance relationship. And so I said, you know, I got to use the restroom. I walked out the restroom. I walked out the room. I went to the restroom and I just looked in the mirror. I said, man, I'm about to do this. I had the ring in the next room. I went and pulled the ring out and I'm sitting on outside of the door and I'm, I'm doing jumping jacks, getting myself hyped up. And I walked in the room and I had the box in my hand and I got down on one knee in my room 
and uh, the light was off. And so I said, I got two reasons why this relationship will work. And I opened the box up. It was two carrots. And uh, she seen that ring. Her eyes got big. And I asked her to be my wife. She said, wait a minute. We're not even boyfriend and girlfriend. I said, you know what? We can cut the middleman out. <laughs> I don't want you to straight to it. Like yeah. yeah. When so, you yeah, know, you it. know, right? When yeah. you know, you know. I think we really oh, I was I was gonna say, I think we really knew we didn't want to lose each other to such a long, you know, yeah. a long deployment that he was gonna be on, or you know, being stationed in another country. Like mm-hmm. that was gonna be rough. And I think we both yeah. like Tony said, it was really emotional that night and I think we both knew we just didn't want to we didn't want to be apart yeah yeah that's a beautiful story guys thanks for sharing that we love hearing stories just of couples just you know being in love and I love that you know Tony you did not want to let her go and that you uh <laughs> you said I don't want you to be my girlfriend I want you to be my wife that is powerful yes so Put it on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> so you know when did money first come up in your relationship? Like, what's the first memory that you guys have of discussing your finances or money? Actually, it was the night, it was the day Tony proposed to me on that picnic. He asked me about my credit and, you know. <laughs> He's getting ready. He was like, did he ask you before or after yeah, he proposed? Yeah. Before or after? Before. before he proposed yeah. at the picnic that day, he's like, so, you know, what's your credit score? And he's talking about credit and finances and stuff. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, you know, my early 20s, tw- I mean, mid 20s. So I didn't have credit really established. I didn't have like terrible credit, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like into credit cards and stuff like that. And I had a student loan that was in and out of deferment. So it just was, it was, it was real below par, but it was all right. You know, I didn't have a bunch of debt. So I guess it was good enough. But that's like the first time we talked about money, I would say. Or yeah, yeah. The- yeah, that was the first time that we Yeah, that was the first time we talked about money. Yeah. And then uh I already, I had already knew about Dave Ramsey, right? I took Financial Peace University when I was 23. But it just didn't stick. You know, it, it was just something that I took at the church I was going to. So I was familiar with that program, the financial plan, that financial program. And then uh, once we got married, we started combining our finances and we started spending more money using credit cards and all of that stuff. And then we started accumulating debt, right? And then once we moved back from Japan, we had our first daughter. And then uh, I wanted to buy Brittany a car. And at this point, we was living in Monterey, California. So I surprised Brittany with a brand new Mercedes Benz for her birthday and for our anniversary. And then about three months later, we had to make a decision. Do we put gas in the car or do we eat? And that was 2015. Yes, 2015. And at that point, that's was like, we need to get our finances in order. because. You know, we was making a pretty decent living, but we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck. And, uh, and that's when we had our first debt-free, uh, we had our first debt-free journey. So we'd have been on two debt-free journeys. Clearly the first one, we failed flat on our face. And uh, so, yeah. And uh, we can get into the second debt-free story, but that was like our first, like, 
Yeah. So Tony, Tony introduced me to Dave Ramsey. He basically was the one who kind of kicked it off. He was like, hey, you know, I took this financial peace university when I was younger and I'd like for us to go through it together. If you're up for it, they have a class about an hour away. We could go. And so I was totally open to it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Wow. No, that's wow. You know, just being in that place where you have to choose between feeding your family or putting gas in your car like that is a true dilemma that I'm sure, you know, some of our listeners can relate to. So, you know, you guys were making a good income. What were some of the things that you were spending your money on? Well, like Tony said, he had he purchased me a car and we had just started just accumulating debt from um, spending credit cards when we came back from Japan for traveling and going to see our family and spending money at restaurants and just being like super generous and like buying bottles at the club when we went to go see our family and friends, you know, and just like, you know, just really living I guess you would say like we felt like we haven't seen our family and our friends in such a long time. We're going to spoil them and we're going to spoil ourselves. So we felt like we deserved it. And really, before you knew it, we we had racked up a bunch of debt and including, you know, my student loan. So that was always there. And so once we added everything up, we were, you know, adding the car plus the credit card, you know, we were over like $160,000 for debt. Hundred thousand the first time. Huh? Yeah, hundred thousand the first time. Oh, was it okay? Hundred. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. A hundred thousand. That was worth the debt the first time. So you know, we we were pretty normal when it came to our debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we know that you paid off, you know, over two hundred thousand in debt. But how did you get on the same page to want to pay off this debt? Was it the Dave Ramsey, or was it other motivating factors? Definitely other motivating factors. And I fast forward to the the 235,000 that we paid off. This was July, 2019, when we started that debt-free journey. I traveled a lot for work, even when I'm doing training and everything. So I had to leave home to go to Virginia. And this is where the breaking point came. I was in Virginia in my hotel room. I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, right? And at this point, this was a two-month stay. And when I got to the hotel, I did a fast. I did a seven-day fast. And it was just, you know, no social media, really getting into my word, talking to God, praying, asking for clarity, just really reconnecting with God, right? And during the fast, that's when God spoke to me very clearly. He said, hey, son, I'm providing you all of these resources, but you're not being a good steward of your money. You're supposed to be the leader of your household, racking up all this debt. This is not how I need you to lead your family. And it was a very humbling experience, right? I caught in, in, in conjunction with me fast and I was reading a couple books. I was reading Millionaire Next Door, The Richest Man in Babylon and Total Money Makeover. I was reading these books while I'm at the hotel. And then I called Brittany and I said, hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about this debt again because we know we have it. It's in the back of our mind. It was like, we'll pay it off later mentality. That stops right now. And I it was a lot of it was a lot of me. You know, I like to spend money. Brittany's pretty frugal. I'm the one that like to rack up the credit card debt and all that. And we had just bought a house that year, too, in March of 2019. So we had construction loans, uh, landscaping loans, all of that stuff to complete the house. And so we had added way more debt onto this. How we got to 235000 not including the house. The house was like, you know, you can't buy a house in California for 200 grand. And so... We uh, 
added on more debt, way more debt at that at that point. And that's when we sat down and looked and said, hey, we need to get this in order. $235,000 worth of debt. Let's go through FPU again, right? And so we got on page and Brittany, she was like, let's do it. I've been waiting. Is what she, is basically what she told me. I've been ready to pay this debt off. But she gave me the space to lead. She gave me the space to lead as a man. And she followed my lead. And it's not like I was trying to run the family in the, in the dirt. But that's what ended up happening. I thought I knew what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And that was the that was the epiphany that I had while I was fasting. Hey, man, you don't know what you're doing. And you need to admit it. You don't know what you're doing. You don't have a clue. You think you know you're good. You think you're good with money, but you suck right now. And so those were the conversations I had with God. And uh, we pressed play in. We got on the plan, put uh, listed all our debts from smallest to largest, and we just got busy. It was nothing that could stop us. We just got real focused, got on a budget, sold some stuff, sold a car. Just We just went in after that. And... 19 months later, we paid off $235,000 worth of debt. No, that's amazing, guys. Like, you know, I think for you, Tony, like that is a hard position to be in, right? Like, you know, just, you know, being in that position where you're like, hey, like I'm, you know, taking ownership, right? Like you took accountability, right? Saying that, you know, like I'm the one that's kind of the culprit of why we are accumulating all of this debt. And I think that's important for people to, I think, just especially couples, right, to just have that self-awareness. And it's not your partner condemning you or saying to you, oh, you're the one, <laughs> you know, doing this. But it's like just taking that accountability for your own actions and coming to that realization. And I, I love that, you know, you went to God, which I think is so important. Right. Like just, you know, just getting back into a place where you can like just you know, you go to the, to the head, right? Like you go to the head, you go to your leader and, you know, just trying to figure out like what you need to do as your next step. Yeah. And, and, and really just to add to that, I think, you know, it's important that you give yourself grace, right? And in a relationship, you give each other grace when you do make mistakes, make it a safe space so you can have these conversations. And I love Brittany, when you were saying like, Hey, like, you know, I'm on the same page, I'm with you with this, right. I'm following your lead. So, you know, that partnership was definitely there. And then one thing that I learned uh, along our journey too, is that a lot of successful people, you know, they ask for help, right. When they don't necessarily know where to go, like they're not afraid to ask for help. So I love that you realized that held yourself accountable, but then you also seek help through like a third party. Yeah. And reading those books and whatnot and like getting your mindset shifted and so that you were in a position where you could really take it on. I think that's awesome. So you followed Dave Ramsey's baby steps to help you tackle off this debt. So like, did you guys have to like get any side hustles? Like what were some of the other tactics you had to do to, you know, cause 200 K is <laughs> in 19 months, like that is an amazing feat to pay off in such a short amount of time. And so like, what did you have to do? You know, I, you said you paid off, you, you sold a car, but like, what did you have to do to increase your income to, to pay this down? Well, fortunately, we both made six, six figures. So at, you know, at that time, so it was just, it was just a perfect, it was a perfect time. I had got a, a job working for All Rise, a show on CBS, and it was like a dream come true. And once the pandemic happened in 2020, 
Well, we were sitting down. We were not spending money. Tony was on deployment. I had just had our first daughter, Willow. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) our second daughter, Willow. And so, you know, I'm at home with the baby. God is so amazing. I was able to work from home as a makeup artist, which is like unheard of. Wait, how? How? Yeah, like the favor from God over our debt-free journey, it was unbelievable. So basically I would walk my actor through her makeup every morning and she was just heaven sent to me. She was such a great client. She was like, you know what, Brittany, I talked to the producers, you know, there's no needing you coming in. You just had a baby. You know, we don't know what's going on with COVID right now. So what we're going to do, we're just going to have you stay at home and then we'll just do a virtual thing. You just basically show me what I need to do. Show me how to place the makeup. And so that's what we did. It was like a virtual makeup session. And I was being paid, you know, my full salary. So just to stay, you know, to stay at home. And so it was, it worked out great, but we were able to save a lot of money because I, we wasn't spending money in gas. We were eating at home. Tony was away. I breastfed Willow. So we didn't have to buy formula. And so it just like in 2020, it gave us an opportunity to not spend a lot of money and really kind of live off of one income. And then the other income, like Everything just went that my income plus Tony's income extra went to our debt and we were paying it off by the thousands and it hurt. Yes. No, I think, you know, that's one of the hacks, right? If you want to call it a hack of being (laughs) married, (laughs) you know, and being in a position where you can live off of one income and use the other to, you know, just throw at your debt or whatever money goals you might have. I think that's beautiful. Like that is just an awesome position to be in. And so that's something that we did too, where we lived primarily off of one and then we just, you know, got busy. Like, like you guys did, you know, and I think, you know, it's so awesome too, that, you know, you were able to, you know, work from home as a makeup artist. Like, you know, like we were just like, how, like, you know, and so I might need you to teach me something. virtually but no that's that's amazing guys so you were able to just throw everything at your debt so what was next like after you guys took 19 months to slash 230k like what was next for you guys yeah the next thing was to start building wealth actually let me go back the next thing was to build up our emergency fund fully funded and so we were able to do that pretty quickly because Brittany was still working we became debt-free March of 2021. And her job typically runs to like June just because they work in seasons. And so we were able to take the interest, transfer the income that we was making from paying, uh, making those debt, for, excuse me, those debt payments, put that into the savings account for our emergency fund. And then we started funding our Roth IRAs. So we were able to catch up for 2020 in 2021, because we had so much income that we just transferred over. So started, we started building wealth at that point, started investing, maxed out the Roth IRAs. We still didn't max out our TSP, but it'd be maxed out this year. But anyway, we got on the on the green side of things, got out the red. Now we can start to do other things. We can start to pay ourselves instead of paying everybody else. I'm sick of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
What do you think, like, you know, just going back to your first debt payoff, why do you think your first debt payoff wasn't successful and this one was successful? Here's why I think we were at that time, we were still very much so in a consumer mindset. When we quote unquote got out of debt that first time, and the reason why I say quote unquote is because we paid off about $60,000 of debt of that $100,000 and about $40,000 of it was the student loan. And I put it into a debt forgiveness program. And we pretty much put that loan into the debt forgiveness program and just decided, you know what, that's done, right? Like they're going to take the money over a course of 20 years, done. I don't know why we thought like that, but that goes to show you where our mind was at the time. So we considered ourselves, quote unquote, debt free, even though we knew we still had the student loan, but since it was in the forgiveness program, all right, we're good, right? Consumer debt free. So once we got out of debt, you know, the first time we were ready to spend money. We saw the money that we had and we were ready to spend it because we had really deprived ourselves the first time. You know, we didn't go out to eat. We said no a lot. We didn't do We did. I mean, we really buckled down the first time. And I don't think we really gave ourselves any wiggle room to like just have fun or do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we finally started to see our money, we were ready to spend it. So, you know, that's how we racked up 235K from 2017 to 2019. I mean, we were just spending money. So in 2019, you know, once we got out of debt in 2021, we were in a much more mature mindset. We were in a more of an investor mindset at this time. We were, we were thinking about wealth at this point, you know, we weren't trying to think about what next car can we buy. And so I just think that our mindset just shifted from what can we spend from consumer to how can we build wealth to investing? I think that's super helpful for our listeners, you know, just thinking about, you know, how do you kind of make that shift from the consumer mindset to the wealth building mindset, which you guys did. So what were some of those resources or tactics that you used to to really shift your thought process around money and wealth building? Yeah, I'll give you a good example uh, of, of how it happened. I sat down, we sat down one day and I said, I'm a car guy, right? I love cars. And so I plugged into a calculator, investment calculator. How much have I spent on cars in my lifetime? And the number was like gut punching. And I didn't have I didn't have anything to show for it, which would that's what made it even worse. I'm like, man, I've had all these beautiful cars and I don't even have a car right now. <laughs> I have no will. And, <laughs> and then uh and I looked at what that could what that could do over time. And I was like, wow, I've literally let $500, $600 car payments rob me out of millions of dollars because that's what happened. And when I robbed me, I made the choice to do that, right? And uh, so that was, one, that was one thing that allowed me to shift my mindset. And Brittany, she's not a car person. So she was like, hey, she's been driving the same little Honda Civic since 2006. You know, it had almost 300,000 miles on it. And it was at that point, I was inspired by her. And I'm like, man, I... I really shouldn't care about what I drive because that don't matter. And and that just came with experience. That came with me falling flat on my face. And that was one of the things that we did. I would play with that investment calculator a lot. Say, man, okay, we're really taking away from our future. We're really robbing our kids, kids, 
all of that stuff. You We're put not, that two thirty five in there too. Oh yeah. So yeah, I plugged the two hundred thirty five thousand dollars of debt that we paid out. I plugged it in the calculator. I was thirty. It was thirty six. Thirty six at the time. Plugged that in, and then I just put no contributions after that. Leave it in there for thirty years at a. I think we use an eight percent rate of return, and two two point two million. Just by letting that two hundred thirty-five thousand sit there, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, so you know, you just get sick of yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you no. Know? no, I definitely yeah. understand and definitely can relate. You know, interest. You know, we have that. You're paying interest, but when you know you're building wealth, you're gaining interest. So you know, it's definitely you know going through that step uh, definitely can help change your mindset. But one question I want to ask you guys: you know, what advice uh, would you give to couples? who are trying to get their finances in order? I would say understanding that you are on the same team. When you're on the same team, nothing can stop you. And that includes your finances. And it's not like, just look at the stats. 50% of marriages end because of money fights. And so that should be a telltale sign for a lot of people. And uh, don't allow that to be something that you struggle with because you're not communicating. You know, and you want to swipe your husband, husband or wife credit card behind their back. You know, that those are things that like y'all can work through just through communication, being on the same team, doing a budget together. Like we do dream meets together. We uh, meet monthly for those. And we sit down and we just look at each other's eyes. We might go to the coffee shop or whatever. And we just start thinking about our future, dreaming together. What can we do? Like, what? Well, how do we want to contribute? What kind of impact we want to leave? Let's revisit our purpose. What do we want to show our kids? What type of example do we want to be for them? Because we didn't talk about money growing up in my household, and Brittany's the same way. And so, if you 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 know you're married, getting ready to get married, just talk about it. Let's start talking about our goals together. Let's start getting on the same page about money. Do a budget. It is the cornerstone of your finances, whether you're getting out of debt or you're building wealth. You need a budget. And so those were the, some of the things I would say about you. I would definitely say just resources. And I love the fact that we went through FPU together mm-hmm. because, you know, Dave Ramsey was able to do the work. Tony didn't have to force it down my throat. Dave Ramsey, just he, he laid it right out there for me and I was able to digest it and on my own. So, you know, my advice would be to seek a, either a financial counselor, advisor or somebody that can help be a mediator when it comes to your finances so that you can start off on the right path together. Like Tony said, with, you know, unity with your money. So, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to wait till you're in trouble. Yeah. Get don't, ahead of it. Yeah. You don't need to wait until things are falling apart. That's what happened with us. Kind of waited until we thank God we didn't have any money fights, but I could see how it could have could have led to that. No, that's that's really great advice. And I think our listeners are going to take away a lot from that. One thing as that I'm thinking of as you guys are speaking is that. So I was having a conversation with like one of our audience members or one of our listeners. And, you know, one of the things they brought up is that, you know, like I'm on board. I'm fully in this, you know, like trying to get my money together, our money together, our finances under control, but my partner is just not meeting me halfway. What do you say to those couples who don't have a partner that's willing to be, you know, fully engaged on, you know, just trying to get 
their finances in order. Well, you know, my heart just really goes out to those couples. I, I was telling Tony just the other day how incredibly like just sad and I feel just knowing that you have one partner that's going right and you have another partner going left. And, you know, it's just that tug and that pull, you know, and so I would just tell the other partner, you know, just continue to pray for your partner, continue to pray that they come around and that God kind of lays it on their heart to, you know, meet you in the middle and you guys will start talking about it, communicating about it and get on the same page, you know, because I know I could just imagine how difficult that would be. And so, you know, I have a lot of empathy for couples, you know. And I'll just add to that because this is definitely something we've been talking about for the last probably few weeks or so. But uh, we talk about financial infidelity and that could create that lane for that when you're not on the same page. And sometimes you need a little tough love. And we're like, okay, are we on the same team or not? Because we're on the same team, then why are we even doing this? Why are we even a couple? Sometimes we need those tough love conversations. Also, your relationship with money is a big deal. And you can get therapy for that and understand, like, why are we not on the same page about money? There's a reason. Do I not trust you? Do I not trust myself? Do I not trust the process? Uh, you have to start thinking about those things. And that takes that takes reflection. That takes vulnerability. And it really takes that person to look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, all right, why, like, what am I doing? My wife is on board and I'm not. It takes some real, like, you need some accountability for that. And But if you're stuck in your ways, you're not going to make much movement. Like your wife, she might be able to make some movement by herself. But man, I tell you, it's hard trying to pull somebody that don't want to be pulled. It's tough. That's a tough spot to be in. Yes. You know, you go so much faster if you are able to move in the same direction with your partner. And you guys are examples of what can be accomplished when you are on the same page and you guys are pushing and moving towards the same goal as a team. And so thank you guys for just coming on our podcast and sharing your story. I think couples are going to get a lot out of your story. And we're just so grateful that you guys came on and shared your journey with us. It wasn't easy, I'm sure, like when you're in it, right? But I'm sure you feel the sweetness of the hard work that you put in. So thank you guys for coming on and just sharing. And so where can our listeners learn more about Tony and Brittany? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys can follow us on Ingram Muscle um, on Instagram at Ingram Muscle, on Twitter at Ingram underscore muscle. And our website is www.ingrammuscle.com. And on Facebook is also Ingram Muscle. And we have a YouTube channel, Ingram Muscle. So we're trying to grow that channel. We talk about finances there, faith, marriage. Uh, a little bit of fitness stuff, but it's more driven towards finance goals and how we can help, things like that. Okay, all great. right, all right. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. I think the the biggest point that that I a takeaway I got from this episode is shoot your shot, take that initiative. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, and you know I don't want you to be my girlfriend. I want you to be my wife. Right. You guys got to put that on a t-shirt because yes. that is good. Oh my Love gosh, it, yeah, y'all, yeah. you guys Thank are you. such a great couple, such a fun couple. We had so much, we had a really good time just yes, talking to yes. you guys. So thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you guys Thank for having you. us. 
Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration. 